Welcome to episode five of Call Your Broker. This is Matthew Struck with Treadstone Risk Management. I have with me John DiMartino from Liberty Benefit Advisors. Uh, we gave Giovanni the day off, so he's off gallivanting around the state. And it is our honor to have our first guest ever on the podcast, Kelly Adler from Cape Heart Scatchert. So go ahead and say hello, Kelly. Hello, everybody. And I'm honored to be the first guest on this podcast. That's pretty cool. It's <laughs> no small feat. Yes, no kidding. So, um, and uh, Cape Heart Scatchert was actually nice enough to host us here for our recording session. So um, we're at their building in Mount Laurel, which is uh, fantastic. So uh, Kelly, a little bit about, about your background. You're a labor and employment attorney. You deal with public and private employers, uh, and you're licensed to practice in New Jersey and PA. Um, does that kind of sum it up, or is there anything that goes along with that? No, that pretty much sums it up. Okay, awesome. So uh, what really inspired this podcast, this episode, uh, was a, a blog article that you put together, and that's part of is that the HR blog that Capehart puts out? Yes. Okay. So our Capehart has a whole host of different blogs, and one of the blogs that we do is an HR resource blog where uh, the different uh, attorneys in our labor and employment department contribute on a biweekly basis, pretty much, to, uh, about different topics that are pertinent at the time. Awesome. Okay. So uh, this topic is something that's very near and dear to uh, both my and John's heart because we do a lot of social media, a lot of digital media advertising and outreach and branding. Uh, and so we are talking about social media in the workplace. And so the first thing I'm going to ask you, Kelly, is what inspired you to write this blog post? So there are actually two things. Um, the biggest one is, if you all recall, the huge uproar that occurred after the Charlottesville uh, that happened. Yeah. And there was a huge social media firestorm out there to uh, identify the people who appeared and it led to a lot of employers terminating employees and employers having to deal all of a sudden with something that they didn't they just weren't didn't know was going to happen mm. um and oh, always a good idea to uh, shoot first and and ask <laughs> yeah. questions later yes yeah so so i because i represent employers it was something that really resonated with me that there are so many employers out there that all of a sudden were dealing with a huge social media backlash and being contacted by people trying to figure out where where employees were working whether they were going to fire these people and that's a lot for an employer to deal with when they weren't expecting it at all definitely the second thing is that I actually attended an employment law co uh, conference at the end of September, and one of the presentations was on it, uh, social media, and it was presented by attorneys and insurance professionals from across the country. So awesome. I got a good understanding of what was going on in other states, too, and that kind of came into my head, I thought, you know, I should really do a blog article on this because it's such a big issue right now. Oh, yeah. So are they, uh, do they have similar issues within other states in terms of this? I mean, I would imagine the regulation is kind of all over the map uh, with the 50 states. Well, which I know we're going to get into in a little bit, the NLRA applies, the National Labor Relations Act applies across the country. So as far as the issues involving employers and what employees can post on the federal level is across the board going to be the same. Okay, fantastic. All right. So uh, you, you mentioned right at the top of the blog post this love-hate relationship by employers with social media. Um, can you just kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So... 
social media can be fantastic for a company. It's a very fast way to get information about your company, your product out to a huge mass of people very quickly. Depending on the company and the size of the company and the size of your following on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is that you have, at the touch of a button hitting send or you're, you're reaching thousands of people. At the same time, it's a huge hindrance to uh, employers because those same thousands of people are also reading all the complaints that people are (laughs) posting about your company or your product, and it can create a huge backlash very quickly that you have to deal with almost instantaneously. Oh, yeah. So um, now uh, that's something that uh, happens kind of around the environment of the company and the exterior. Um, in terms of the, the individual employee use of social media, uh, is there uh, – what's the dynamic there? I mean I, I can speak from personal experience. I think, John, you can speak from personal experience. We've worked in places that have had uh, a very deep skepticism of using social media um, specifically because of that dynamic, um, not just of the you know the social backlash or the, the um, public kind of commenting and things like that, but a lot of companies are worried that there is going to be internal issues in terms of the employee's use of social media. Um, so I, I would imagine that kind of works into it as well, right? So, uh, you know, they, they don't want to necessarily, and I think we're kind of jumping the gun because there's a case that talks about it later on that we'll talk about, but they don't necessarily want their employees or some of them don't necessarily want their employees to be, uh, you know, kind of making comments off the cuff about the company or about other employees as, as well. Is that right? That's absolutely true. And as you said, there is a case we'll talk about in a little bit. And in addition to that, I mentioned before the National Labor Relations Act, it's really a tight line that they're walking because no, they don't want their employers to be able to say all this. But at the same time, in some ways, they really can't stop it from happening because otherwise you're potentially violating federal law. Oh, yeah. Now, does that also run into the First Amendment? I know I'm kind of throwing you a little bit of a curveball, but um, does that kind of run into First Amendment speech issues as well? It could, depending on who the employer is. If you're talking about a public entity, absolutely, you could be you could be. It could absolutely be raising those types of issues. Okay, awesome. I, John, what's your experience been with uh, social media in terms of you know your professional past and kind of your perspective going forward? Pretty much the same thing. I mean, we, we come from an industry, obviously, that sometimes seems like it's trapped in the Stone Age. Oh, yeah. So there's not a whole it's lot of 1970 all over again. Of, of course. <laughs> um, but I, I think the industry as a whole, at least on the benefit side, is starting to realize that, that social media in all its various ways can be implemented – um, is a good thing. Uh, most wellness programs now have at least some sort of social media aspect to it yep. where you can engage with other participants uh, and, and give them words of encouragement or challenge them to a new activity. Um, so we're seeing those two worlds being kind of melded together. Now, obviously, you know, you're less likely to say something negative, right, when you're in a, a company-sponsored wellness program yep. than you are on Twitter right. uh, or on Facebook posting in the comments. Yep. Um, but I think even, even in our own experience, um, you know, we have to make sure that we're not crossing any lines when we post things as well. Uh, and that's something that you and I obviously talk about all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, it, it's a little bit of a gray area, yep. right? E- even if we even if we had a, a concrete um, social media guideline, even then, uh, what am I allowed to say? Can I comment on the election? Can I say, am I allowed to say something negative? Right. Um, or, or is that something that could be used against me? And obviously, uh, coming from us as business owners, 
Um, you know, I'm not going to fire myself, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I've heard of issues with, with uh, some of our competitors posting things to Twitter or Facebook and getting a lot of negative backlash um, from some of some of the, the contacts that they have either in our industry mm. or, or some of their clients. Right, right. Uh, and obviously that's, that's having the opposite effect sure. of, of, of what's intended. Yeah. Um, so I think you just have to be careful. Uh, is is my experience so far. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is this: like this topic is basically a tightrope walk, right? Um, it's not binary, right? There's no uh, yes or no. There's no good or bad, right? Um, there can even be blending. I mean, just look at the the Trump campaign that happened recently. You know, uh, a lot of that stuff garnered. You know, a lot of the stuff he put out there garnered a lot of negative attention. But that negative attention also uh, put him in front of uh, eyeballs that normally he wouldn't have been in front of. Uh, or it would have cost him a ton of money in order to get that attention. So uh, that being said, you know, it being a tightrope walk and something where you have to be very, you know, treat it very delicately. Uh, let's talk about the idea of social media policies internally for an employer, um, both in terms of the employer's use in the, you know, HR and hiring process, and then uh, also the specific case of kind of applying to the employees and what they're able to do or not able to do. So I guess the easiest thing to do is to start with the hiring process because that's your first foray into the into social media as far as an employee potentially coming into the company. Yep. And the rule of thumb is to make sure you're doing if you're going to do a Facebook search or a Twitter search or any kind of social media search on a potential employee, you need to make sure you're doing it with every single candidate you have. That is number one. Oh, yeah. You cannot pick and choose which candidates you're going to search. Yeah, no, he looks a little shady. We're going we're gonna to background check him. Yeah, 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 definitely. And the second thing you want to make sure that you're doing is that you're documenting. I, I, I feel like I say this word all the time when I'm doing seminars or I'm talking to clients. And I'm constantly telling people you need to document what you're doing. And they a lot of times I kind of get a look like, why? Yeah. Because if you don't and somebody sues you, then I have nothing to protect you with because right. I can't – your word against that person. And, you know, sometimes you, you, you end up on the short end of the stick there. So yeah. you want to document what you're doing. And the, the other thing is to make sure that whoever is actually making the final hiring decision, whether it's a particular person or whether it's a committee, is not – the people who – the actual person or the committee members are not doing the social media searches. You want somebody who's outside of the actual hiring process. But at the same time, you want it to be the same one or two people who are responsible so that it's the same – the same things are being done each and every time. It's really about consistency, consistency and documenting. Those are the two big terms as far as defense lawyers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would imagine if there was a uh, a ten commandments of of you know defense lawyers, that would probably be you know one and two or two and three on and there. Possibly five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> yeah, and ten. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so uh, now, really quickly, for a small business owner that's not necessarily running a large HR department or anything like that, from their perspective, would you advocate using an outside service as opposed to them actually doing the social media background check themselves? Um, or, you know, what kind of do's and don'ts are associated with that? It, that's really a business decision. I, it, you, they can or they can't. There's really no yes or no answer to, to that specifically. Uh, if you they do go that route, one, it's going to cost them money. So yeah. whether or not they want to spend that money when they can probably do it in-house with the with one with one employee relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that they have to think about is that whoever they're hiring, they need to make sure are 
legally doing what they're allowed to do. Mm. So now you're relying on a third party to do something for you that could have repercussions against you later on. So that's just something to think about. Okay. okay. And, and actually, one of the things that we were talking about earlier um, was when you're doing these, these Facebook background checks, let's call them, what exactly are you looking for? And, and, and if you're a third party who's doing this on behalf of the employer, what things would you maybe withhold from the employer? Well, the first thing is that you can only look up, you can only look up what is publicly available. That's number one. If it's uh, for Facebook, because that's what we're talking about. Facebook has uh, you have the ability to control what you actually put out there. So some people have Facebook pages that are locked tight, short of whatever your cover photo is and your actual profile picture. There, there could be nothing else yep. on there. Um, and then other people just don't care and they'll post whatever, they, whatever and what, whenever, and you know, they don't lock it down and it is what it is. But if that, if it's not locked down, you have access to that. That's fine. If it is locked down, you're, you're that, that's it. You can't ask, you can't go friending the candidate. You can't okay. ask somebody who you know, who happens to be friends with that person to get access to their account. Those are all huge no-nos and potentially you could be violating federal and or state laws by doing that. So that's definitely a no and I can't stress that <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, I'm always wondering because like uh, being on social media a lot, there's always tons of like friend requests and things like that, contacts that come from these profiles that are obviously not the person that's behind the profile and that's always my oh, question geez. is all right who is this is it uh, you know is it china trying to hack <laughs> facebook is it uh, you know someone trying to gain some inside information on you know a group of people or something like that so uh, yeah that so that's that's good information um, all right so in terms of the the formal social media policy um, would you advocate having one that's for both uh, the hr process and the employee or would you split those up what does that look like? Again, those are business decisions. Um, it probably would be easier to just do two separate policies because those are two distinct issues. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really, it really also depends on how big your company is. If you're a small mom and pop shop, you might not want to deal with having two separate policies. You can just include an A or a B in your handbook and let it go at that. Um, or you can just separate them and if, if that's a particular policy related to hiring, so it, maybe you wouldn't include it in your employee handbook, you'd include mm -hmm. it in some other policy handbook you have on your hiring process. Okay, awesome. Uh, now we were talking a little bit before um, outside of the podcast just about kind of some of the resources that are out, out there. Uh, I think we would advocate for at least working off of a template, uh, right, to create a foundation for these social media policies but then uh, customizing it, right? So I think, John, you had mentioned that uh, in the benefits world, there's some resources as far as that goes, right? Definitely. I mean, over the last few years, brokers as a means of differentiating themselves from one another, uh, we all kind of did the same thing, yep. right? Yep. Which was uh, tap into HR resources uh, and, and technology services. And one of the ones that, that we tap into is called uh, the MyWave portal. Uh, so it's, it's uh, a warehouse of, of information uh, about human resources and benefits. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of that is employee handbook templates, uh, social media guideline templates, um, information about social media. So what is it? What's a tweet? How do you define that? Um, so that way you can stay informed. Uh, but of course, anytime you're creating a legal document or, or something that's going to be, uh, you know, dictating what your policy is, you know, we always suggest going to whoever is your attorney. 
and, and I think, you know, that's kind of a layup, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but of course, I mean, it, it's extremely important because uh, a, a general guideline, while that may be okay for somebody who doesn't really have that many employees or doesn't really post to social media, um, I think, you know, the larger the risk or, or the more employees that you have, uh, the more of an opportunity there is for something to go awry. Right. And I think it, it's extremely important now to, to make sure that you're protected as an employer and that the employees know what they can and can't do. It's, I think it's very important to be clear. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, Kelly, as, a, as a, uh, an attorney that deals with a lot of this, uh, I would imagine you also have templates that you've worked off in the past that's, that's you know, things that you prefer to kind of build in or work off of as well. Is that right? It is. We write handbooks all the time for clients. So uh-huh. in for some in some respects we do have some templates for stuff because we've been doing it for so for so long. There's no point in recreating the wheel every single time. The thing to be really careful with as far as pulling a template off the internet is that every state has different laws. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that that template actually applies to your particular state. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Jersey has its own specific laws about, for example, you can't ask for passwords to social media accounts. That's a, a law we have on the books. Some states don't have that. Yep. So there are there are going to be state-specific issues that need to be addressed within each each specific policy, depending on where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually shocking. Yeah, <laughs> that there are states that 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 that's allowed in. Yeah, right? or, or at least they don't go as far as to explicitly <laughs> say you can't do it. Right. Okay. Um, well, you know, if if you don't ask, you don't get it. So, uh, so all right. So let's talk about some of the uh, missteps that could happen in terms of. Uh, discipline, disciplinary action and administrative action that can happen surrounding an employee's posts or their activity on social media? A lot of times what I find is that not even just on social media issues, but there's just a general knee-jerk reaction that we just want to discipline the employee for whatever it is Mm. without really going into, well, was this something that they could do? Maybe they could have done it slightly better than what they, the way they did it, but is it legally, were they allowed to do that? And are you going to be breaking the law by disciplining the person for whatever it was that they said? You may not like the fact that they went onto their public Facebook page and said, you know, I don't like this particular policy and it's really hurting morale of my, of the company, but that's technically legal. Right. So, you know, you can't, you, you, there, you have to really, there's no knee-jerk reactions here. That's the worst thing you could do. You really need to sit down, evaluate, talk to other people in the company, talk to your attorney, find out what you can and can't do. Definitely. I, I think we've seen, uh, I mean, there's definitely been an escalation of the attention paid in the media to a lot of high-profile uh, employees that have been terminated or had their contracts canceled because of things that they did on social media. Um, unfortunately, we don't always find out the end result of that from a professional curiosity standpoint, uh, because in a lot of these cases, you know, there's varying uh, reasons why a, a company might, you know, part ways with an employee. I mean, New Jersey is an at-will state, right? So right. we do have a little bit more, uh, you know, barring some kind of collective bargaining contract, um, we do have a little bit more uh, um, freedom to make a hiring or firing decision, but still that, that can't contravene or contradict with certain protections in other areas. So I always find that interesting is, you know, you, you always get the headline and you never uh, you never get the follow through on, on what the, the finishing line was. So, so where, where, Kelly, where is the line? Right? So, so, you know, if you Google social media fired, uh, you see all kinds of crazy things. 
things that that I you know there's I, I don't see anything wrong with them right and, and people are being dismissed because of them um, and then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where you can't believe somebody would say that on a public social media page and you know they're kind of getting what's coming to them uh, so I mean how do you know it's okay that's a, that's a good question <laughs> and hard to answer to be honest um, it really is a very fact specific inquiry it, there, it's not it, there's no one size fits all answer to that you're gonna have to look at the facts of the case what happened uh, how you've addressed similar issues in the past with other employees because again consistency if you didn't fire somebody for saying something on social media here and this person did something that's very similar but you don't happen to like this employee so we're going to try to fire them oh, for yeah. it <laughs> uh, you know now you're coming now you're coming up on a potential on a potential issue so there, it's very fact specific and there's a lot of detail you're going into it's not you're not necessarily just looking at the act itself all right so uh, in that vein the uh, we've already talked about it, but the NLRA, NLRA, the National Labor Relations Act, is kind of a big piece of um, federal uh, regulation that uh, kind of uh, acts as an umbrella over a lot of this stuff. So uh, you know, in, in the in the vein of you know where the line is and whatnot, I think the line is definitely crossed when you violate the NLRA. NLRA. So um, what is the NLRA, and uh, what would constitute a breach of it? All right. So if you're in a unionized workforce or employment setting, you, you all, everybody knows what the NLRA is. It's the National Labor Relations Act, and it basically protects – one of the aspects of it is that it protects an employee's right to select or reject unions um, to act in concerted activity with other employees. What a lot of employers don't realize is that the NLRA applies to all employers. It's not just unionized wow. employers because – the point of the of the NLRA and specific, specifically at Section 7 is that employees have the right to actively unionize. So just because you're not in a unionized setting now, you mm -hmm. potentially could be. Right. So um, what employers have to look at is when there's a posting, for example, on Facebook or Twitter about the company, they have to look at the posting in terms of one aspect of it, whether the employee is acting in some kind of concerted activity. Are they, is it just one employee who's kind of complaining about about something specific to just that person? Mm -hmm. And it's just kind it's just, they didn't like whatever happened, but it really only applies to them, doesn't apply to any other employee, or it has nothing to do with specific policies of the company. Mm -hmm. Then that's different. When you're talking about an employee who posts something about, um, this policy is adversely affecting the entire workforce. We're not able to get our work done timely. We're all being disciplined for it, or wages, mm -hmm. or they're talking, or they're talking about um, uh, any anything that would apply to a group of employees as opposed to one employee. Okay. Then you're potentially getting the NLRA okay. involved. Okay. So uh, it sounds almost like uh, employers have to treat these situations not just in terms of the current uh, employment status or employment structure of the, the worker base, but they also have to take into account 
you know, they don't want to necessarily stifle their ability. I mean, some of these comments and posts can lead to unionization or they can lead to a collective act on the part of the, the employee base, right? Yeah, so absolutely. they almost have to kind of get out their crystal ball and play what if and say, all right, if I take action against this, uh, am I kind of violating them from being able to do something down the line that would be protected under the NLRA? Is that right? It is. And it's not even just it's not even just employees attempting to unionize. If all they're doing is complaining about working conditions and it's a general complaint that would apply to a number of employees, mm -hmm. that's enough. Okay. It's not even because they want to unionize down the line. They're at their act. It's concerted activity to deal with a particular working condition that they're dealing with. So so would would a, a good example be an employee complaining about their own poor review at the end of the year would be them acting on, on behalf of speaking on behalf of themselves. Uh, but them saying, you know, I, I can't believe I'm working 70 hours again this week. They, they, they keep everybody way past the 40 hours we're allowed to. I mean, that that sounds like maybe speaking on behalf of the employees collectively. Correct. Right. OK, so so that's kind of where there's there's a line drawn. Yeah. And so we actually have a specific case uh, that we referenced earlier on the Butler medical transport case. And I think this is kind of something similar had to do with I believe it was a fired employee, but the um, violation didn't really happen in firing the first employee. It happened with what the interaction was with the second employee. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, the case is the. Butler Medical Transport, and it actually was um, issued by the National Labor Relations Board, which I'm just going to say the board because it's easier, uh, <laughs> in July of 2017. And basically what happened was that the former employee posted on a public Facebook page that she believed she was wrongfully terminated, and a current employee, so this person was obviously still employed by the company, posted underneath that comment something to the effect of, sorry to hear that, but if you want if you want to, you may think about getting a lawyer and taking them to court. You could contact the labor board, too. <laughs> the employee who posted that, who posted about con uh, contacting a lawyer or contacting the labor board, was fired. Mm -hmm. um, this current employee who knew to go to a lawyer or to the um, board uh, filed a complaint, and it ended up being that the NLRB, the board, held that the termination violated the National Labor Relations Act because it was concerted due to the fact that it was made for the mutual aid and protection of employees mm. and that the discharge was made pursuant to an unlawful social media policy, which was, which, and I'm quoting the policy, I will refrain from using social networking sites, which could discredit Butler medical transport or damages or damage its image. <laughs> okay. So um, I think uh, earlier on in the blog post, you talk about policies being, uh, you know, either too broad or too specific or right. too stringent almost. Um, and so I, I would imagine that's a little bit of an example, right? I mean, you can't say anything bad about the company. You can't be critical at all. Um, basically be quiet or we're going to fire you, right? I mean, my question would be, could you do that before social media, right? I mean, you know, if a customer walks into the mattress store, can you tell them, like, go somewhere else for, for this mattress that we carry here? You're, you're going to get a better deal. I mean, as an owner, you, you wouldn't want an employee saying that or, or bad-mouthing your company. Um, so is there – I mean, can you prevent them from doing that off social media or while they're at work or uh, from sending a, a nasty email about the company to, to a prospect? I mean – 
again, it it all depends on what they're on what they're saying. If it's truly disparaging and we're and has no basis in fact or it is not meant to it's not really meant to deal with like employee conditions or something work related that would affect a large group of people, then possibly, I mean it's that's possibly okay. Um it, it really it would depend on the circumstances. But if they're trying to get out to the public, you know, they they write into the newspaper some editorial about about working conditions or wages or whatever it is, and it deals with they it deals with the company as a whole and their working conditions. Then that's a different story. It, you're it's the same. It's just because it's not on social media and it's a newspaper doesn't make a difference. Right, and I think uh, and we keep coming back to it, this this consistency idea. It's it's also the idea of um, setting expectations at the beginning of the uh, almost at the beginning of the employment relationship, uh, or at the very least when you know, if an employer picks up these policies after they already have employees on staff, you know, the point in time at which they communicate, look, we're going to change the policy and, and this is what it is going forward. Just, you know, being clear and concise about that that policy communication and then sticking to it over the long term. So I, I think it's always interesting when these cases come up, uh, like you said, they're, they're so fact-based that a lot of times um, some, uh, you know, individual detail turns the case where, you know, like you were saying, John, in the past, the employer could have gotten rid of them or, you know, or, or maybe they were prohibited from it. And then some small detail about the interaction or the precedent that was set internally kind of changes the case on it, you know, turns it on its ear. And then, you know, the outcome completely changes right. as well. You know, so 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 we've been discussing a lot about employees commenting about their own workplace, right? <laughs> uh, but what if they comment on something completely unrelated, right? So like the Charlottesville issue that you brought up earlier, if somebody comments on that, and, and whether it's a racist comment uh, or a comment that you know the general population would just deem inappropriate, whatever whatever that is, mm. uh, I mean, is is that fireable offense as well? It could be. It could not be. Again, I can't. I can't answer that without knowing specifically, without having a specific example. Right. Without, you know, it's hard to answer that question. But I can say that employers potentially getting involved in in things like that because of public pressure will inevitably, whether they were right or wrong, makes absolutely no difference, lead to litigation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the case that just happened um, with the woman who was just terminated because she was biking. Um, I don't remember exactly where she was, but the presidential motorcade went by and she gave the presidential motorcade the finger. Oh my God. <laughs> and it became, somebody took a picture of that yep. and it was posted and it went viral and yep. you couldn't actually see the woman. She had her, the picture was taken of her back. Mm -hmm. um, but because the picture went viral, I, I believe she posted the picture onto her Facebook page. I actually think okay. she even used it as her profile picture. So obviously that's wow. public to everybody. Yeah, she's owning it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and from what I've read, and again, this is all what's been in, in the news. So I don't know how much of it is accurate and is not accurate. She actually contacted her company and told them that this, that this happened just mm -hmm. to kind of warn them. And she was fired. Now, do we know the specifics of why she was fired? No, because the company is not allowed to talk about it. So we're just hearing one side of what happened. Right. But is there a possibility that their lawsuits come in because of that? Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, it's, completely plausible that she might go to an attorney and file and file a lawsuit. So whether or not the company had the right to do it, and that's, I'm not going to weigh in on that, on that issue. Um, it 
could potentially lead to legal issues. Whether you win or lose, you're still spending a lot of money to deal with it. So you yeah. really have to weigh what you're doing and whether you want to deal with the repercussions either way. Right, right. I, I mean, in some cases, you know, with some of the ESPN firings and whatnot, uh, I think they probably did that cost value uh, calculation and they figured, all right, even if we do have to pay out X number of millions right. of dollars, maybe it saves face or saves PR and, and it saves us a, a much greater amount right. of money in the long run. Uh, okay, so very complex issue. Um, you know, thank you very much for you know lending your expertise on this. Uh, the last thing I I would ask is, okay, so what's the take home advice and the next step for employers that might be listening to this? So the first thing you want to do is, if you don't have a social media policy either on the hiring side or on the employee personnel handbook side you need to get one. So contact your attorney, contact whoever you use for for creating your handbook policies, get one on the books. The second thing is that if you, and make sure you review it and that it is reviewed by somebody who would know whether or not it actually follows the law in your particular state. The second thing is if you have a social media policy and it hasn't been updated recently, you have to update it. I yes. mean, social media has kind of blown up in the last few years and a lot of times employee, employers just aren't keeping up. And, you know, I've sometimes I've gotten into a case and I look at the handbook and it was last updated in 2006 and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? When did the iPhone come out? Yeah, yeah. The iPhone came out about then, right? right I think exactly. that's about when it came yeah. out. And, yeah. and I'm like, no, you, nothing in here has been updated since 2006. No, you need to do something about this. Forget social media. You've got other things that need to be updated too. Laws have changed. We yeah. need to make changes here. So it, you really have to, especially with something that is constantly changing, like social media. I mean, mm. it's always changing. And day to day, almost, right. it feels like sometimes you, you have to keep up to date and you have to make sure your policies are keeping up with the times. Okay. Awesome. So uh, thank you. Uh, again, Kelly Adler with Capehart Scatcher. How can people either connect with you or follow you or get to the blog? So the blog is easy. If you go onto capehart.com, we have a tab that says publications on it. It'll come down. Um, there'll be a section for blogs. You just have to search through our blogs. It's the HR resource blog. It's about halfway down on the page of all the other ones. There's a spot um, on the HR resource blog to actually sign up to get the blog. Um, you can contact me by email. It's kadler at kpart.com. Kpart is C-A-P-E-H-A-R-T, just in case anybody wants to know. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Kelly Adler, Kpart and Scatchard. It's not hard to find me. And you also have a training session coming up. Is that right? We do. Uh, my a colleague and I are doing a communication seminar uh, January 16th. And it is basically surrounding communicating with your employees. One of the topics we're going to be talking about is social media in the workplace, uh, talking more, more in detail about policies, hiring, how to use social media properly, how not to use social media. There's also a, a, a seminar section on just handbooks in general. So you know, it goes beyond social media policies to other policies you should or should not have in your handbook. Yeah. And then we're doing a interactive um, communication that we have a guest speaker coming in who's doing an interactive communicating between businesses and teams. So they'll uh, 
I haven't got, I don't know exactly how he's doing it, but he did tell me it's an interactive course. So whoever um, attends will certainly be having <laughs> some interaction <laughs> with the with the speakers. And we haven't gotten approval yet, but we are um, we have applied for uh, HRCI and SHRM credit for uh, people who are HR professionals. Oh, it's great to know. Um, and what I'm also going to do is in the uh, show notes, we'll include a link to the actual blog article. Um, and so on the, the webpage with the blog article, if you read it there, uh, I think there's a, a place to subscribe as well to, oh, to, to kick your email yeah. in. So, all right. So episode, episode five in the books, um, talking about social media in the workplace. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, a little bit of a change this week. Instead of just call your broker, it's also call your attorney. So uh, we'll see you in episode six. Thank you.